It's time now for Super Psychologist, Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years. Good evening and welcome to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years this evening and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. Central Time and that's 6 p.m. Eastern Time right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And today is Sunday, November the 18th, and we are back live in our Austin studio this evening. And Art Mendoza of Accomplice Entertainment, producer of this program, is here to help us make the show run. And we have another great program in store for you this evening. In a little while after the break, we'll be joined right here in the studio once again by David Phillips, owner of Tango Tribe, Argentine Tango School in Austin, to discuss the many mind and body health benefits of Argentine tango dancing. And we'll also be videotaping our interview for your later viewing on my website and on YouTube. And then later in the program, we'll go from tango to salsa with our musical guest, the bass player for Austin's best salsa band, as well as Latin dance band and Latin jazz band, The Brew. Mark Mark Rodriguez will be joining us, and and he'll be talking about his history in music and of the brew. And since Thanksgiving is coming up in a few days, and also as a follow-up to last week's discussion of kindness, kindness, the best friend of kindness, gratitude. (laughs) With a sneak peek into my book, The Passionate Life, I'll be talking about how gratitude helps to increase our joy. And if this is the first time that you're tuning in, I'm a licensed psychologist from New York City practicing here in Austin, Texas, and the Rio Grande Valley of Texas. And I work with adults of all ages and have a specialty of working with seniors and with caregivers, and for the past few years have also been evaluating veterans for PTSD. And part of the time, my office is in the wonderful Veterans Resource Center, Heroes Night Out, which is located in Cedar Park, Texas. And for information about this really great resource for veterans and for veterans' families, you can check out their website at heroesnightout.org. Do you want to contact me? Do you have a question or some information that you think I should know about? Then send me an email to Dr. Mara, that's D-R-M-A-R-A, at drmaracarpel.com, D-R-M-A-R-A-K-A-R-P-E-L.com, or go through my website, drmaracarpel.com, or call me at 512-626-6973. This evening's program is sponsored by, I mean, let me start with production. This evening's program is produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Postal Productions, and Psyched Up Productions, and sponsored by Dr. Ronald DeVere, neurologist, memory specialist, and author of the book, Memory Loss, Everything You Want to Know But Forget to Ask. To make an appointment with Dr. DeVere at his memory clinic in Lakeway, Texas, or to purchase a copy of his book, you can call him at 512 
or send him an email to rdevere, that's R-D-E-V-E-R-E, at austin.rr.com. And his book is also available on Amazon. And this evening's program is also sponsored by Storyhouse. Storyhouse gathers your stories and turns them into multimedia collections that can be shared now and for generations to come. Have Storyhouse over to conduct a private interview in your home or invite them to your next big event or family reunion. Storyhouse, where your memories live. Find out more at yourstoryhouse.com or call 512-296-8752. So I just want to let you know that throughout this evening's program, we will have time to take your questions. So if you have any questions or comments for me or for my guests, the toll-free number is 855-345-4720. That's 855-345-4720. Or you can email your questions to me, and I will read them on the air. And my email address, once again, is drmara at drmaracarpel.com. And if you want to listen to this evening's program again and get the website links that, that my guests give on the program, then go to my website. The podcast will be posted later tonight along with all of the web links discussed on the program. Um, It will be posted on my website at drmaracarpel.com. And you can also hear the podcast in as soon as five minutes after the show ends by going directly to Blog Talk Radio, that's D-L-O-G, talkradio.com, slash your golden years. And for information about previous programs, to read my blogs on thriveglobal.com and on Huffington Post, to watch the videos of interviews that I've done here in the office with the guests who are local to Austin, to find out about my book or to find out about my upcoming course, you can do all of that on my website, drmaracarpel.com. And you can also listen to all of the previous shows that we have recorded over the last five years here on Blog Talk Radio by going directly to blogtalkradio.com slash yourgoldenyears. And don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years, for up-to-the-minute information. When a new blog is published, I immediately post it on my Facebook page when I have a date for an upcoming book event or any other kind of event on my Facebook page, and information about upcoming shows are always on the Facebook page. So follow me on Facebook. All right. We're going to take a brief break, um, but don't go anywhere. It will be a really short break so that we can play some of our sponsored commercials. And after the break, we'll be joined right here in the studio by David Phillips, owner of Tango Tribe, Argentine Tango School, right here in Austin, Texas, to discuss the mind and body the mind and body health benefits of Argentine Tango dancing. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Golden years, 
please visit us on the web at www.drmaricarpel.com. Worried about memory loss? Dr. Ronald DeVere, certified neurologist and director of Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders in Lakeway, has been helping those with dementia and memory loss for over 12 years, specializing in the diagnosis, treatment, and counseling of those with memory loss and dementia. Dr. DeVere also has a book to reduce your worry and fear by knowing the fact. Memory loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. Available now on Amazon.com. Dr. Ronald DeVere, Alzheimer's disease and memory disorders center in Lakeway, and his book, Memory Loss, everything you want to know but forget to ask. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 512-261-7909. Are you or a loved one a Medicare beneficiary? Help save you and Medicare money by stopping Medicare fraud. Fraud happens when Medicare is billed for services or supplies you never receive. There are three easy things you can do to fight fraud. Review your Medicare claims for accuracy, protect your personal information, and be on the lookout for suspicious activity. For more information or to report fraud, call Medicare at 1-800-MEDICARE or your local SHIP counselor at the Area Agency on Aging at 1-800-252-9240. Dr. Mara's book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, is now available on Kindle and in paperback at Amazon. Don't forget to listen to Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years live from Austin, Texas, every Sunday on blogtalkradio.com. Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. Well, I come from a technical background. My degree from the university was in mathematics, but my love really was in uh, computers. And so when I graduated, I uh, first worked at the university managing a medium-scale time-sharing computer and then got involved in the microcomputer movement. A group of uh, other fellows and I did software and hardware development for microcomputers and then I got involved in local area networking and then software development for government agencies. That was all a very technical background before I retired. But I had, back in the early 1980s, done some ballroom dance with my wife. We did a whole lot of ballroom, some swing dance, and some Latin dance. And I just loved it. But I got so busy with business that I kind of, went away from it. And then when I retired full-time, I knew that I needed to, um, well, one, I wanted to do something that would keep me physically active and mentally active. Mm -hmm. And uh, two, give me a social connection would keep me connected to people. Uh, And I went back to my love of dance. And started doing some dances that I hadn't done before, the Argentine tango, salsa, and Wisco swing, which I had done before and dearly loved. So I was doing something every night of the week. But after the first year, it had changed.
changed, so I was doing Argentine tango every night of the week uh-huh. because I found such incredible mental, emotional, physical challenges to it that it really appealed to both the, my analytical side as well as my artistic side. Right. Um, for those of you who are just tuning in or if you weren't able to hear, the, I think there was a little bit of a glitch. I am here in the studio speaking with David Phillips, owner of Tango Tribe Argentine Dance Studio. So I just want to make sure everybody knows who we're talking to because I heard that some people couldn't hear for a little while. So um, so then you, how long have you been doing this now? I uh, started in 2010, mm-hmm. and it was after that first year that everything became Argentine Tango, and I started doing that every night of the week, either here in Austin or traveling around the country or even to other countries, to Buenos Aires and uh, to Europe Oh wow! to study. Okay. Wow. So you actually studied right there in Argentina. Yes, yes, the, the cultural uh, heartland uh-huh. of Argentine Tango. Okay. And now, how long have you been teaching? I've been, I started in 2015. Okay. I was uh, assisting others and started my own classes. And then it's been a little over a year. In September, it was a year that the Tango Tribe studio has been going. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Congratulations. Thank you. It varies quite a bit. We're still going to school. We're in the southwest part of Austin near Oak Hill. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, I wanted specifically to be in a part of the city that uh, was not well served by other teachers. We're very fortunate here in Austin that we've got many fine teachers. Right. And uh, austintango.org lists all the different venues and all the different There are that many tango teachers. teachers. Oh, yeah. Tango. Yes, right. I wanted to serve a, a place that was near my home and uh, a part of the city that hadn't been well served. Mm-hmm. So we're growing the community in that area. Right. That's great. So what are some of the benefits? We were talking about this before the program, but I think it's really this is really important information. Um, what are some of the physical benefits of Argentine tango, and specifically Argentine tango? Um, I was talking to one of the other teachers in town who originally was a ballroom dancer, and she wanted to uh, dance and perhaps even compete at a very high level, but realized that the lifespan for ballroom dancers can be uh, quite limited because of the physical demands, whereas Argentine tango is something that can be danced at any age, it can be danced very simply. It's been called a walking embrace, where it's like hugging a person and then walking together with them. At its most simple level, uh, uh, performance levels, it can be uh, wild movements with the partners interacting with each other and between the legs and um, really dramatic movements. Right. So you can dance at any level you can find challenges, not only the the physical simplicity or physical challenge, but in particular the mental challenges Mm -hmm. because there's the aspect of responding to the music, 
both partners, you hope that they have a connection not only to themselves, but both of them to the music, mm-hmm. where the music is like their conductor, they're another instrument in the orchestra, right. finding their place where they can really respond to different aspects of the music. Argentine tango music is like um, orchestral jazz. It's got so many different layers, and each dancer can actually be responding to different layers within the music. It's also pretty dramatic music. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It can be very dramatic. And if you listen to the lyrics, that's also very dramatic. You think country <laughs> western is a tear dirt or Argentine tango about lost love and lost homeland, really uh, tearjerker themes. Right. Uh, so we're responding to the music, uh, bringing out our artistic side and how to interpret it, what sort of figures and how to dance those. Oftentimes, uh, the space is quite uh, constrained in Argentine tango. So you'll find many people in a fairly small place. So you have to dance not only with your partner, but with the partners ahead of and behind you. Because unlike other dances, you actually dance in La Ronda, the round, with the other dancers. You don't pass. You don't. You keep your place. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Pardon me. Still suffering the aftermath of a cold a couple of weeks mm-hmm. ago. <coughs> Going around. Yes. So... Uh, even though each couple is doing their own thing and interpreting the music, they're all moving together mm-hmm. in the room. So you're uh, trying to negotiate your space in the room. There's also the very real challenge of how to connect with your partner. Because you may find that your partner is either way above your level, way below your level, or they may feel like someone you've never met before, and yet you feel like you've been dancing them with them your whole life. Mm-hmm. It can be incredible. And part of the, the mental, emotional aspect of it is making that connection with another person, deciding how you want to respond to them, how you want to interpret the music in such a way that you're speaking to them mm-hmm. in a way that they will be able to appreciate, appreciate you and appreciate the music. Wow, there's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. So we were talking, and you brought in the mental part, and we were talking earlier as well about what that means for um, certain uh, issues that people might be having. Yes, yes, there has been studies with about dance and specifically for Argentine Tango, there is, for example, an initiative called um, Argentine Tango for PD, Parkinson's disease, where it's been found to help both the mental and the physical aspects of it, help those people recover coordinated movement with intention. The Argentine Tango movement is, has to be filled with intention to both do it well and to communicate it clearly to your partner right. both sides of the embrace. It's also been found helpful in uh, terms of uh, mental decline, uh, Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. and, and the related uh, deficiencies 
where the mental challenge of the dance will help people with their mental acuity. Right, right. A lot of research showing that, you know, just physical exercise period helps with mental acuity. Sure. And then what you're talking about is having to negotiate your space and having a plan ahead. And it's kind of like doing a puzzle, a moving puzzle. If you that is a wonderful way to characterize mm-hmm. it. Absolutely. Right. Yes. You are creating space for your partner to move into or closing off space. And similarly, the other couples are providing you space or not that you right. can move within. Right. And so, um, you know, doing puzzles actually helps people to uh, maintain mental acuity. And so now when you add that physical component, it makes sense that that would be a really beneficial thing to help people who are already dealing with some form of dementia or even maybe to prevent it. Yes, yes. But going back to the, the Socratic method of uh, talking as, as you're walking, mm-hmm. there are initiatives also for people learning as they're moving mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they find that that brain-to-body connection is helpful. Uh, it's synergistic. It helps both. Right. And what you were saying is it's at any level. So if you're not physically able to do all those quick movements, then you can still do it. Yes. And one aspect that appealed to me was I love learning, and it is a lifelong learning process. Whatever level that you're at, there is some new discovery to be made in terms of how you can really express what the music and being with another person so intimately means to you. Right. And then there is the social aspect. We were talking about that as well, which um, from my perspective as a psychologist, it's so important to have that social aspect to prevent depression. And it seems like people become more and more isolated a lot of times as they get older, or really, I see a lot of isolation in younger people as well. Yes, right. With uh, all the social media and people's attention going to the computers and the phones instead of interacting with each other. Right. Well, one of the things that appealed to me about the Argentine tango was that they play the music at a comfortable level. And I'm... Uh, have hard of hearing and the loud music that you see in a typical dance scene is not good for the ears. Right. So in a tango, you can not only hear the music, but you, the tables that surround the dance floor, you'll find people carrying on conversations, making plans for dinner before or afterwards, and what they'll be doing socially. It was really remarkable to me to see the amount of social interaction that goes on. In fact, groups of people that will make uh, trips together to Buenos Aires and other places. Oh, nice. Very nice. So it's a really good social way for people to start socializing and having fun, right? I think that's the most important part of this is that you're having fun. (laughs) <laughs> Definitely, for sure. I tend to be a, a technical, introverted person, except when I'm on stage, whether it be dancing or teaching a class, uh-huh. that that's when I can 
sort of express that hidden part of me. And I really appreciate that aspect of what Argentine Tango has given me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we I talk a lot about people finding their passion. That's what my book is about, is following your passion. And it sounds like you have a lot of passion about the Argentine dance and tango, and it sounds like it's something that perhaps a lot of your students have found a passion in that as well. It has meant so much to me on so many different levels. A quick little story, as I say, being introverted, my wife one day, uh, she was packing up to make a trip with one of her friends, and I came out, and I was chatting up her friend as they were packing up. Uh-huh. And my wife came in to me later, and she said, you know, since you started Argentine Tango, you're much nicer. <laughs> I think it has made some real differences in the way I interact with people, the way I think about the world, the way I think about uh, knowing things or being comfortable not knowing things, Mm -hmm. being just in the moment mindful and being open to discovery, able to meet people as they are and just give them my best self and look for their best self. That's wonderful. And so, yes, that's part of the message that I want students to be able to embrace and understand all the treasures that are waiting for them in an Argentine tango life. So now, uh, you know, with a few minutes we have left, I'd like to talk just briefly about what is the difference between specifically Argentine tango versus tango from other countries. As I mentioned to you, I saw the Broadway play about tango, and it was different dance, you know, couples dancing different scenes from different countries. Yeah. Um, with a different type of tango and the music. And what is the difference with Argentine tango between the other tangos? Right. Well, you brought up a, a one of the forms of tango, and that's stage tango. The kinds of things that you see on, say, Dancing with the Stars or So You Think You Can Dance is very different from what you might uh, see in the socials. Okay. Which is much more quieter, much more intimate. I mean, there's still lots of really interesting things going on, and you wonder what is going on with all of those feet and legs moving. Mm -hmm. The Argentine tango... uh, a little over 100 years ago, grew out of folk dances and had many influences uh, from African and Italian uh, classical musicians coming over, looking for new opportunities, migrating to Argentina mm-hmm. and missing their homeland. <laughs> so they would um, they develop this dance, which became a, a very intimate dance, it moved over to Paris, which actually was incidental in preserving the dance when it was suppressed by the military regime uh-huh. in Argentina. Right. Mm-hmm. The dance moved from the, the Broadway play and other influences from traveling tango maestros to Paris and then to the United States. Um, in the United States, it would tend to, to be codified made more like uh, specific uh, figures or patterns that would be danced, say, in 
their studio right. uh, or Earth and Mary's situation, they need curriculums where they can bring people along in an organized way. So the American tango tended to be uh, very pattern-oriented and regimented. There's an international style of tango, which is also uh, pattern-oriented, big snaps of the head and the huge right. flames and stuff. Think of, think of tango from like the movie. Yes, the rows in between the teeth <laughs> and the big, long, dramatic movements. The Argentine tango is a an intimate dance where the dancers are right in front of each other, toe to toe, and they are in a, a hug, basically, uh-huh. where they're connected at the chest. Although it can be an open embrace, certainly everyone can dance in the the style that they prefer. Right. And then from there, we take a relaxed hold around each other. And in that close proximity to each other, we're able to do, yes, there are patterns that one can dance. However, in the the true uh, or in the social setting, patterns are dispensed with you, uh, cut and paste and mix and match all the, the basic fundamental movements to fit the music and the moment and your partner's capabilities, your capabilities, the space that's available to you, and so on. Okay, so it's different than what we think of as tango from the movies. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. quite a bit. And uh, to reiterate, it's a dance that can be approached very simply, very fundamentally, as simple as walking, highly complex with lots of interaction between the partners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if people are here in Austin and they're interested in checking out your dance studio uh, and finding out about Tango Tribe, how can they do that? Well, that's pretty easy. Uh, Tango Tribe, we also have a website called tangotribe.com. And then on Facebook, if they go to facebook.com slash tribe, we have uh, our site there. Okay. All right. And then also, if anyone, uh, whether they're in Austin or not, if they want to email me to david at tangotribe.com, then I will be happy to send them my welcome wagon message, uh-huh. which is a lot of it's oriented towards the, all, all of the resources in Austin, uh, like I mentioned, austintango.org, with our community calendar and lots of information about what goes on in Austin. But then I also include links to all of the, uh, to many amazing resources available on the internet mm-hmm. where people can connect with their own local Argentine tango community. Okay. And it is a worldwide, countrywide phenomenon. Okay. You may not speak the other person's language, but you can communicate in Argentine tango language. Yeah. That was my next question that you answered already. So people outside of Austin, um, can find out information about their local dance shows that teach Argentine dance. Yes, yes. And you can always uh, Google some or search for Argentine Tango, my community name. Okay. And then you'll most likely be able to find something. Is it pretty popular around the country? Oh, absolutely. And, and growing all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Okay. And particularly with the, the growth in Austin. Uh, 
one of the fastest growing communities in the country. Really? And so many of those new people are tango dancers or want to become tango dancers. Very nice. Very nice. Well, I will post that on the web post about this show after the program is over so that if people miss that, they can just go to my website, look for the post about this show, and there will be the link, and they can just click on it. Great. Take them to your site. And Mm -hmm. I'll also put your email address there as well. All right. That sounds good. All right. So thank you so much for coming back onto the program and best of luck with the studio. Well, thank you for inviting me and thank you for those good wishes. Yeah. And um I'm you know, I hope more people get who are listening get involved because I think it's it's a really positive thing, mind, body, spirit. It it will contribute to a person's yeah. life. Yeah. Well, thank you. All right. So we're going to take a brief break. Don't go anywhere. We have lots more to come. Super psychologist Dr. Mara Carpell will be back after words from our sponsors. Right, and we are back. If you're just joining us, this is Dr. Mara Carpell and your golden years right here on blogtalkradio.com and on drmaracarpell.com. And that was so much fun. I really have to go and take some 
tango lessons. It's such a beautiful dance. And um, in a few minutes in this year will be Mark Rodriguez from The Brew, the salsa band here in Austin. So we're we're hitting all the Latin dancing this evening. But first, um, I'm going to talk about a few things. So I want to give you some news. Um, I recently published a another blog in thriveglobal.com, and you can check it out at, at Ariana Huffington's um, online publication for health and wellness. And you can see that um, blog by going to my website, drmaricarpel.com, and it's posted there under the blog section. And... I am going to be posting more blogs um, more quickly these days. I'm going to start posting more frequently. So if you follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mara Carpell, Your Golden Years, you'll see when the blog it launches and you can click on it to read it. All right. Anything else new? Um, nothing really new. I'm working on the online course. It should be ready very soon for pre people who want to prepay. They'll get it at half price from the already discounted price. Um, the the um, the course will be discounted when it first comes out. So um, you know it'll be inexpensive for everyone. But if you sign up during the pre-launch at the end of this month. Um, then you'll get it at half that discounted price. And you can be part of the uh, creation of the course by letting me know what you would like to have covered in the course. And the course is called Living the Passionate Life, and it is a um, follow-up to the book, The Passionate Life, Creating Vitality and Joy at Any Age, which is available right now on my website. And you can just click on the link on my book page for the book. And you can also download a free chapter from the book um, that you can't, you know, I know how um, on Amazon you can get a sample and download a free chapter um, from, from the book as a sample. This is not that free chapter. It's another free chapter that you can download by going to my website. And um, the course, we'll, right, we're shooting for the third week of January for the course to be ready. And then when you purchase the course, you can download it and you can take it at any time. So um, it, it, won't, it won't go away. You don't have to take it in a certain amount. Um, if you pay for it, it's yours. All right. So... I wanted to talk today about gratitude because, well, for two reasons. Two reasons. One is really obvious, and that is that it's Thanksgiving coming up on Thursday. And, you know, Thanksgiving is one of those holidays where um, I'm not so thrilled with the initial meaning of the holiday. Um, I, you know, in terms of the historical meaning, I don't think that we really learned the the true history when we were in school. But one, but I've always loved Thanksgiving for 
other reasons. Number one, it, it's the only non-religious holiday um, that all that all of America celebrates. So it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, some people bring their religion into it, but there is no specific religion attributed to Thanksgiving. And so you can be of any religion and celebrate. And it's a family holiday. And right in the name, it's about being thankful and having gratitude. And I that's the one part of, of Thanksgiving that I think that a lot of people forget about. And that's the part that I want to remind you about. Because gratitude is really a powerful way to activate joy in our life. That along with what I spoke about last week and what my blog was about, the the name of the blog, uh, my latest blog is In the Wake of Anger, Kindness is Our Superpower. So kindness and gratitude are really, they really go hand in hand. And if you have gratitude, in your life, you're more likely to be kind. And if you um, demonstrate kindness to other people, it helps you to cultivate more gratitude. And the two together help to, gratitude, to cultivate more joy. And, um, you know, so I, I, I wrote about this in my book, The Passionate Life, about how important um, gratitude is for increasing the joy and passion in our life. And I've also done a little bit of research with some of my favorite um, authors here. And, you know, one thing that um, I am aware of is that we often worry about money and about paying the bills. Um, We worry about not having enough or not feeling like we are enough. Um, commercials on television um, make us they they are created to make us believe that we're not enough unless we buy what they're selling and and it works we often feel like we're not enough now people get on social media and they look at all of their friends pictures of their trips and wonderful things that they've done and or they're doing and um tend to compare that with their own life, forgetting that those are just snapshots that people are posting on social media. That's not really everything in their life. Um, We're all guilty of making our lives look so wonderful on social media when we're even when we're going through some rough times. And all of this comparison and not and feeling like we're not enough tends to lead to depression and anxiety or just not enjoying life for what it is. And the best antidote to that is by being more aware of what we do have and feeling grateful for it. Um, So Jack Kornfield, who is a psychologist who wrote The Wise Heart, wrote, gratitude is a gracious acknowledgement of all that sustains us Bow to our blessings, great and gratitude is the confidence in life itself. In it, we feel how we feel how the same force that pushes grass through the cracks in the sidewalk walk invigorates our own life. 
Um, as gratitude grows, it gives rise to joy. We experience the courage to rejoice in our own good fortune and in the good fortune of others. So again, when we are grateful for what we have, then we no longer feel like we have to compete with other people and put ourselves above them. And we can actually be kind toward other people by being grateful for what they have. So a friend tells you about some wonderful accomplishment, rather than feeling jealous or trying to compete with them or think about how better you are than them, you actually feel grateful that they had this wonderful accomplishment. You feel happy for them. You feel joyful. So think about how much joy this brings to your life when you no longer have to feel um that you have to do better than someone else. And focusing our attention on what we feel thankful for changes our perspective. Um, It helps us to feel like we are enough. It helps us to see the the positive things in our lives. And, you know, I've I've talked about this before on the show, and I wrote about it in the the chapter of my book about... um, optimism that you know the glass we often we often talk about whether we see the glass as half empty or half full and in reality the glass that is half filled with water is both half empty and half full but when we focus on the half full part of the glass we feel optimistic we feel abundant And it's the same thing with gratitude. When we are grateful for that half, that half full glass of water, then we feel abundant. We feel like we have enough. It changes our whole perspective. And it actually changes our reality. Uh, Like Oprah Winfrey has said, what you focus on expands. And Oprah was well known on her show for having a gratitude journal, and I think she still does that in her own magazine, talking about having an attitude of gratitude and keeping a gratitude journal, which is a really powerful way, actually, to cultivate gratitude. Um, When we have gratitude for what we have and we look for the silver lining in the less than ideal situations, we feel more optimism, we feel peaceful, And we feel more enthusiastic to keep going with whatever we feel passionate about. Not only do we feel bad, but that pessimism about our lives and feeling like we don't have enough leads us to give up and to not create more positive in our life and in our world and for our communities. And so it actually decreases what we have in our life. Dr. Deepak Chopra, one of my favorite authors, wrote in an article, Three Essential Practices for Gratitude. You embrace the wisdom of uncertainty and you sense yourself as a field of infinite possibilities. Gratitude is a fullness of heart that moves you from limitation and fear to expansion and love. 
Now, Dr. Robert Emmons, who is a professor of psychology and a researcher at the University of California, Davis, has actually completed uh, extensive research in the area of the effects of gratitude on our emotional and our physical well-being. And his overall finding was that gratitude is what gives life meaning. So when we are grateful for what we have, that feels that our life has purpose and meaning. And what he also found was that people who kept gratitude journals felt physically healthier and had a more optimistic perspective about their lives. Physically healthier. So, and, and I imagine that has to do with the optimism and how the optim- when you're optimistic and you're joyful, you tend to release more immunoglobin A, which is an immune system booster that fights off diseases from the common cold to more serious diseases like cancer and even diabetes. And it also helps us to uh, release more of those feel-good chemicals, the endorphins, which are natural pain relievers and mood elevators. So having gratitude can have a beneficial effect on our health. So again, it gives us something more to be grateful for than we can feel grateful for our good health. And we can start with, we can start with very simple things, but very They're simple, they're basic, but they're tremendous um, things to be grateful for in our life. And that is having gratitude of having life, to being present, to breathe every day. Having gratitude for friendships that we have. Having gratitude for the ability to improve ourselves. Maybe you're working on um, getting healthier, you're going to the gym. Well, it's very difficult to get fit and to get into shape when you're in that journey if you're not grateful for how much progress you have already made. So when you spend time in gratitude for the the progress that you have made on your journey, the... um, motivation to keep going and that's the same with any any path that we're on if you're following a path towards your dreams then you're not going to be successful unless you are grateful for what you already have and and the progress that you have already made so this is very important for anybody who wants to be successful in following their dreams or to just basically improve themselves in some way or another or improve their health. Um, As David just said, we keep learning and growing throughout our lives. And we keep learning and growing until we die, really, even if we're well into our hundreds at that point. And being grateful for the opportunity to learn and grow is a very powerful thing to be grateful for. So we don't have to have lots of money. We don't have to have already achieved the goals that we have. But being grateful for where we are on the path 
will lead us to having more joy and more enthusiasm and um, a better outcome toward achieving our goals. So, you know, life is not all rainbows and unicorns. (laughs) But when we have gratitude for the basic aspects of life and the small positives that come our way, then we can be more resilient to handle stressors in our lives. And we can become more optimistic. We can have more energy and creativity and motivation to follow our dreams. So I just want to mention before I go and um, um, some practices to help us to cultivate gratitude because Dr. Emmons actually found in his study that although gratitude was extremely powerful, that it's something that we actually have to consciously cultivate all the time. Um, So I did a little search and I found some ways of cultivating gratitude. So this is from the book Real World Mindfulness for Beginners. And this chapter is called Cultivating Gratitude and Joy by Kyra Jewel Lingo. And she comes up with some ideas for cultivating gratitude, such as smiling. So as soon as you wake up in the morning, she says, be aware of your breath and your body. Feel your aliveness. But don't get out of bed right away. Practice smiling. So if it helps, you can think of it as mouth yoga. (laughs) Smiling helps all the muscles in your face react, relax, and it reduces stress. And it also actually brings about the good feelings by activating those feel-good chemicals I just spoke about, the endorphins. So when you smile, even if it's a forced smile, it actually activates those endorphins to help us actually feel happier and want to smile more. And if you smile in the morning and then you get into the habit of smiling throughout the day, feel good throughout the day and it brings about a feeling of gratitude. Smiling brings about a feeling of gratitude. And then... She also recommends making a list of things that make you happy. So, and then doing them. So maybe exercising or singing or writing or going to a movie. And actually doing them can actually bring about a feeling of gratitude. And give give up complaining is another practice. So stop yourself from complaining. She says, try taking a day or a week to pay particular attention to moments or situations when you tend to complain, either inwardly or verbalize to others. And when you stop yourself and you make a commitment to give up complaining for a determined period of time, it can actually lead to feeling more grateful. And then there is the basic command doing every day, just like Oprah, is to write a list at the end of the day or at the beginning of the day, if your mind is clearer in the morning, of everything you can think of that you feel grateful for. And it could start with just 
one thing, and when you get into the practice of it, even if it's the same thing every day, eventually that list will start to grow. And you'll notice as you stick to this practice that your life will start to change. You will feel happier, you'll feel more joyful, and you'll have more motivation to practice kindness, as I spoke about last week, as a superpower. Remember, all of, all of this, the ups, the downs, the ebb and flow, the dark and the light, this is all the adventure that we call life. And having gratitude for this adventure and all that it consists of allows the darkness to be the catalyst for making the light that much brighter. So on that note, we're going to take a brief break. And when we come back, Mark Rodriguez, the bass player of The Brew, will be joining us to talk about his life in music and about the music of The Brew. So don't go anywhere. We will be right back. This is Dr. Mara Carpell in your golden years, and I am here with Mark Rodriguez, bass player for the Brew. Welcome, Mark. How you doing, Mark? It's good. First, to- I want to say one thing. Okay. Your book is amazing. Well, thank you. I advise anyone to read it, young, old, whatever. It's man, it's, woman. It was inspiring. Well, I'm glad to hear from a man because a lot of people think that self-help books are just for women. Oh, no. I mean, I advise. I've already got some good tips from your book. Great. I'm glad to hear it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. So, Mark, 
we've had your brother on the program before. Yeah, Michael, Michael. the lead guitarist, the right. main guy in the band. I'm glad to finally have you here. <laughs> so I'm just the bass player. So you're just a bass <laughs> tell us a little bit about your history and how you how maybe you can give a little history from your perspective of the group. Well, I started playing. My brother Michael used to play in the room by himself, the acoustic guitar, and I go, "Man, you're good. You need to start a band or something." He goes, "Why don't you play bass?" I go, "I don't have a bass." And my next door neighbor had one. She bought it at Sears, and I had a tennis racket. Uh huh. So, so I said, "You leave the tennis racket. I'll leave you the bass." Uh huh. And so I broke the bass, and he broke my tennis racket. <laughs> he became one of the best tennis players in Texas. He was rated number five. Wow. And I, and I and have to do with the bass. I'm doing okay. You <laughs> stop playing tennis. I'm still playing the bass. There you go. <laughs> it's made me money. I mean, I survived. Mm-hmm. Pretty tough right now because uh, when we first moved to Austin 6th Street, they call it Dirty 6th Street now, uh, there wasn't that many bands. Uh-huh. And it was, we got a lot of gigs and stuff. And then I didn't even know what a DJ was back then. Right. Then they took over. I mean, you know, I just thought DJs were like when you go when you have party. dancing oh. or something. Mm-hmm. But they weren't that powerful. Now they're really powerful. You know, the the weddings, it's hard to get weddings because they hire the DJ, the wedding right. planners. Because, you know, they can make money up instead of hiring a band. Right. You know, cuts through the... So what kind of music does the group play? We go to we go to hear you guys at the Oasis. We play salsa at the Oasis, but ain't here but shot over at the door. And uh, we play jazz and flamingo. Mm-hmm. My brother Michael likes flamingo a lot. Our yeah. instrumentals are more uh, uh, jazz, Latin jazz st- uh, stuff. We have right. five CDs out. Yeah. She wrote most of the songs. I wrote a lot of songs, but. They they're not for the band because, you know, my voice and everything, and I sing in them, they're political. Okay. Some of them have, you know. So um, do you, are they are they recorded at all anywhere? I recorded a couple of them. Uh-huh. And they, they've been around Facebook and stuff. Okay. I'm going to do a whole album, but I ran out of money, and it's hard to, you know, CDs now don't sell yet. Uh, you know, Apple iTunes took over and everything. Right, yeah, so people like to download. Yeah, we used to sell like maybe 100 CDs on a Saturday night at the Elephant mm-hmm. Room here on Congress in Austin, the best jazz place. Right. You know, do, you have any, <laughs> do you have any EPs? Albums? We started with cassettes. Can you believe With EPs. EPs are the um, online downloadable. Oh, yes, I think Michael's done it. Michael's someone that does that. I think we do. Okay. We can download on iTunes for sure. Okay. Okay, great. And so nobody buys CDs anymore. No. Someone bought one the other day to freak this out. They came and go, well, there have a CD. There aren't too many places where you can play them. Yeah. Now the cars have a, yeah. It's real sad because we missed those days. We made so much money off No, Apple gets all the money. Right. So where are you guys busy though? I mean, yeah, we're doing pretty good. Where are you playing these days? Uh, we're playing at the the Four Seasons on in Austin, right? Oh, now. that's pretty good. Yeah, we got gigs. Yeah, we're playing here for New Year's and stuff. Oh, okay. And Very this nice. Saturday we're playing at the Elephant Room. We uh-huh. play there like once a month. 
right? The local jazz. Yeah, and right now that we're doing a lot of private parties because it's great. And you know, from January to March, it's real slow mm-hmm. because we start at the Oasis again on during spring right. break. Right. So now at the Oasis, it's every Sunday starting in March. In March right? until the end of October. And that's a great gig. They're really nice people there. And that's at seven. Seven to ten, and it's free. Mm-hmm. That's the good thing about it. And that you get salsa lessons yeah, there for free. Yeah, you get free salsa lessons. Yeah. And great, you have a full band there. Yeah, the full band because we usually play with we over here we play with uh Joe Morales. He's a great a saxophone player. We grew up with him, and he in we have five pieces over here at the Elephant Room. Right. But uh. But when you play most it, of the other gigs, yeah, most of the gigs we have five. They can't pay yeah. that much. You know? So at the Oasis, how many people do you have? They're like eight. So yeah. if you go to the Oasis, it's free. I mean, you can't beat it. No, it's and great. And a beautiful sunset. No, oh. you, you've been there. Many times. Yeah. And I, every time people Thank come from Madison. Thank you for supporting Madden. our band throughout all the Well, you're the best. You're the best. I wish we could band. go to New York. <laughs> well, you'd be better here than in New York. Yeah. <laughs> But every time people come from out of town, yeah. we bring them to the Oasis on a Sunday I night. I mean, you know, the Oasis has kept us going. I almost gave up and wanted to quit music because it's just so difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, it's for the young bands coming up, it's really hard. Right. I mean, it, the, the music business is it's like that movie Almost Famous. There was a part, and then he goes, you came at the wrong time. Music is, is over. Right. She kind of was going with <laughs> Well, it's kind of tough, right? You know, Especially in optimism yeah. around music. And I miss like the the you know when they came up from garage band like Jimi Hendrix and mm-hmm. you know all the bands that come up there from Nickelodeon and and from American Idol, right? You know they they get famous just right off. Mm-hmm. We had to pay our dues, you know. Right. It's tough out it's there. Tough. But I'm I'm just glad we're still playing. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of our, our, our friends are a lot better musicians than us. They're not even playing right now. And, you know, I feel bad for them. Yeah. I wish I had a bar where I could just have all the musicians or a place where they can yeah. all play. Do you ever play out of Austin? No. We play uh, sometimes in San Antonio and Houston. And we used to play in Dallas at this place called Sullivan. Uh-huh. But they closed all the Sullivan. Okay. And they had one here and it closed down. And sometimes you go to the valley, right? Yeah, the valley. Same brownstone. Combo Heads in, in Brownstone. Mm-hmm. It's a really great place for live music. Right. And you yeah. had a big turnout there. Yeah. And at the island, we might be there next year at a, oh, steam of it. Laguna Bombs. Oh, yeah. We're supposed okay. to start there in February. Oh, great. Yeah. I, we've never played there before. That's a great place. Right. Yeah. An outdoor venue right on the day. Yeah, and, and during that time, a lot of senior citizens uh, go there. Mm-hmm. And I'm a senior citizen now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I could go to Louvies and get it. <laughs> You're a young senior citizen. And I'm a left-handed bass player, so I play the bass upside down. Now, are you actually left-handed? I'm left-handed. I do everything left-handed. My whole life is left-handed. Okay. <laughs> So well, I, you know, I played the bass. Up. The bass is meant for a right-handed yeah, player. Yeah, and I played it upside down. <laughs> and this girl noticed it. No one noticed it. So it, you it, learned it, how to play it upside down. Yeah, she down. came up and goes, you're playing the bass upside down. I go, I can't believe you're the only person that's noticed it in five months. You know, every wow. once in a while, someone, not even musicians notice it. Did they make left-handed basses? Yeah, they do, but they were more expensive. So when I was growing up, 
when you, you were can't. learning how yeah, to play. So now you can't even play a left yeah. handed. It'd be like on some kind of trip or like a <laughs> drum. Yeah, <laughs> I did the left handed bass and I tried to play and I, oh my God, it's everything wow, backwards. That's funny. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So if listeners are interested in, in downloading some of the music of the brew or finding out where you guys if are they playing. If go to brewmusic.com mm-hmm. or latinbrewmusic.com. Both of those? Yeah, because uh, there's two brewmusic.com, but we can have brewmusic.com in Texas. Okay. There was another band called The Brew, and they, and they kind of sued us. Okay, so brewmusic.com. <laughs> <laughs> Latin brew music. Yeah, and you can get the our website and get the music. You can get the music. You can buy the music, or you can you can download it. And how can people? You find can download out? it on iTunes too. I think. Okay. Yeah. And how can people find out where you guys are playing? On that website. On the website it has yeah. a calendar. Yeah, it has a calendar. Okay, great. And every and most of the gigs are, that shows that we do are free. Away is free. We play at Tamale House every Thursday from 8 to 11. And, it, and, and it's so great. much fun. It's so much energy at only free. And, you know, right. people yes, just walk in. You don't have to worry about the doorman getting on your case. <laughs> right. Right. And then you can, you can get food. Or yeah, yeah. You, you can get food and drinks. And, 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 but there's no minimum. And they're all really nice. Yeah, no minimum. You just go in there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the people are so nice, the owners of the club. Right. Of all the clubs that we play at, they're so, they're so nice, all the people, even at Elephant Room. Elephant Room charges $5, and that's, yeah, that's amazing. That's pretty good. You live in New York. It's, it's expensive, right? Oh, yeah, $5 is yeah, nothing. Yeah. I, if I went to a bar in New York and go, hey, is it $5? Are you kidding? It probably tells me. Well, when I was back there, and that was a long time ago, it was probably gone up, it was $15 to get into the Blue Note. And you, oh, could only, and you could only stay for one set. Well, and it was fifteen dollars plus a two drink minimum. Oh, drinks my were choice. drinks were quite expensive, so yeah. a little lot more than All my kids have been in New York. All my staff. I've could, never been there. Well, you can only stay one set. Oh, really? If you want to stay for another set, oh, you have to pay God. all over again. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. But that's it's good. Great but that's good. It's good for for live music. At least they're right. You know. But we don't have that here in Austin. Yeah. You yeah. go right here to the yeah. open room and stay the whole night. But you know, another thing is too, people get spoiled. Then they they don't come watch your banner, so they go, oh, you can see them for free. I mean, why go over there and pay five dollars or something? So <laughs> it's, it's it's a catch twenty. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. It can it can also hurt you too. Right. <laughs> So, Mark, um, once again, that's the brew music, brew music, not the brew, right? Just uh, brew music. Brewmusic.com. Dot com or latinbrewmusic.com. Right. And if you look it up, if you look on Google, you'll find the brew. Yeah, in Austin. And they're the best, I'm telling you, they're the best uh, Latin dance music. We've been together for so long because we're brothers, and my son plays the drums now. Yeah. She used to be the roadie. And then he took over playing drums. Yep. And <laughs> it's a great, the and, and you have quite a following. I wish our band was as good as you writing the book. <laughs> and we were, I, I'm telling people, man, y'all need to buy our book. It, it just, it, 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 it made me feel good when I read the chapters. Oh, it makes me feel good about myself because 
I said, well, then I'm not the only one that does this stupid thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, she's telling me about it, you know, because I always thought it was kind of dumb to do certain things I was doing, and then right. the book tells me, you know. So okay, I, well, I'm glad to hear that. So, well, thank, thank you, Thank you so Mark. much for having me. And, and thank and, you uh, so much helping for helping our band out all the time and supporting yeah, really yeah. appreciate we'll, it. We'll be out to hear you guys play. Yeah, yeah, everyone that's out there listening, come out during the Christmas holidays. We're like a we're we're playing at Four Seasons like four times. Really? And it's free. It's free at the Four yeah. Seasons. And at Kamali House every Thursday, free. Wow. And New Year's Eve will be at the Four Seasons. They're gonna charge in though. Right. Every place. Right. Yeah. That's where we make them. All the bands make their money. Right. You gotta make your money on New Year's Eve. Right. But I didn't know that they that it was okay yeah. that the other time. Yeah. Well, that's so, great. I hope everyone can come out there. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. All right, Mark. But thank you so much. And everybody out there, have a great Thanksgiving holiday. Happy Hanukkah and, and Merry Christmas. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, before Art knocks me off here, I'm just going to tell everybody what's going to come up in the okay. next couple of weeks. Okay, well, so I go outside. If you want to, yes. Oh, I'll wait. All right. So next week, um, what's coming up? Next week is Thanksgiving weekend. We're not doing a live show. And the following week, I'm going to for a post-Thanksgiving visit to my family in New York, so we're not doing a live show. But we have two encores that are great, and people can always hear our podcast at any time by going to my website. But then we'll be back. The week after, so December 9th, we'll be back with another live show, and we're going to have the expert in ADHD and cyber addiction, Kevin Roberts. So, Mark, you want to listen to that one? He's going to join us to talk about his book, Schindler's Gift, How One Man Harnessed ADHD to Change the World. And this is about the powerful lessons from the life of an extraordinary man who overcame numerous setbacks to defeat his Nazi adversaries um, based on the history feels he that, that Oscar Schindler had ADHD, but he harnessed it to um, change the world. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, so that book is a map to overcoming the obstacles of ADHD and no kidding. <laughs> so and we'll have more. We always have more. And if you want to hear this tonight's program again and read the information from the show, get the website link, like the one that the ones that Mark just gave me. Go to my website later tonight, and all of that will be there. You just need to click on the link. And um, it will take you to the sites, and you can do that for all the previous programs and listen to all the previous programs by going to drmarakartel.com. And you can also listen to the podcast uh, for all the previous Blog Talk Radio shows by going to blogtalkradio.com slash yourgoldenyears. And you can listen to this evening's program in five minutes by doing that. And the podcast will be ready for you to listen. And be sure to follow me on Facebook for any new information. And I want to wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. And don't eat too much and be safe and healthy. 
And this evening's program was produced by Accomplice Entertainment, Coastal Productions, and Psych Productions, and sponsored by neurologist and memory specialist, Dr. Ronald Dory House. And thank you to my guests, David Phillips and Mark Rodriguez. And thank you to Art. Thank you all for listening. Have a peaceful night and inspiring few weeks. And remember, youth has no age. Good night, everyone. Any guidance offered by Dr. Carpell is not intended to replace the advice of your own physician or mental health specialist. Neither Dr. Carpell, her sponsors, nor this station assumes responsibility for the misuse of any of the information given on this show. Mm-hmm.